this age of rising power bills and increasing pressure to convert to renewable energy, some innovative Australian wool growers are taking matters into their own hands by generating their own sources of power. And today we meet with wool growers who have achieved exactly that. Peter and Jane Waters have recently done what many wool growers would love to do. They gave the old shed a flick and built a brand new wool shed and sheep yards on a different and more convenient site on their property near Coleraine in Victoria. There was, however, a catch to the new construction. It was going to cost a fortune to connect the power to the new shed. And so the Waters did their maths and decided to build the entire four stand shed with two wool presses, completely using solar power. 100% off the grid. So what does it cost? Does it actually work? And what are the pitfalls? Well, you will find all this out and more in this episode of The Yarn. It's a podcast for the Australian wool industry. Hello and welcome. My name is Ellie Bigwood. Peter and Jane Waters spoke with Marius Cumming inside their shining new wool shed during a rare shower of rain. Yeah, plenty of thoughts have gone into it. Um, it's been a little, little bit of time coming. And um, yeah, quite happy to see how it's all turned out. Really, it's, yeah, correct. <laughs> so um, the wool industry's had um, some pretty good times, and I think there's, uh, despite the drought, um, a lot of people are looking to upgrade their um, yards and wool sheds. And this is something that you've been through in the last 18 months or so. But the point of difference about this shed, of course, is that it's uh, Oh, completely off the grid. It is a 100% solar shed. Uh, have you heard of anyone else in Australia with a solar shed? Look, I haven't up until this point, but I probably haven't searched high and wide. Uh, no doubt Australia is a big place. And there might be somewhere that certainly done it before, but just in our part of the world, we hadn't heard of anyone that had done it. Um, we were sort of precluded um, just from where we were. There was no power available via, via uh, the mains power, I suppose you should say. It was two and a half kilometres to three kilometres from the nearest uh, point that we could uh, to get it from. Uh, it was just going to be too cost prohibitive. So we sort of went down the, the path of looking at solar. And um, once I got all the assurance that uh, we could do it and it would run the shed okay, I thought, well, that was certainly a cheaper option anyway. So uh, we went down that path. All right. So it's a, it's a beautiful four-stand raised board shed. Um, but tell us a bit about the solar because... Um this is really quite uh, quite special. So, take us through the whole shebang. It's, uh, so we're standing in front of um, two lithium batteries, which are sort of the size of a large safe. They're not taking a a, a massive amount. Um, so it's not a it, it's not a huge setup, but looks very impressive. Peter, talk us through it. Right. Yeah. Well, basically, um, on the roof we've got forty. 40 panels, they're 300 watt panels, so that gives us um, 12,000 watts in total, or 12 kVA. Um, and that's all fed into uh, three inverters, uh, the three 5 kVA inverters, or 5,000 watt inverters. And the, the sorry the, to interrupt, but the inverters convert the, the energy that's, the electricity that's coming from the solar panels into usable power that yeah. can go into can two, be used. 240 yep. volt right, power or, um, or in the case of the press uh, 415 volt for the three phase um, so you know, so basically uh, on a sunny day the solar panels will run the shed by itself uh, quite comfortably we probably only use 8,000 watts uh, for, for the for the general general shearing I suppose um, uh, 
and the only time that we um, we need to use the batteries is if we have a cloudy day or you want to do something rather at night or first thing perhaps in the morning when it's a bit dull and dark. Um, so they're two, two 10 kilowatt hour batteries or so it's tw 20 kilowatt hours all up stored in the batteries and that's probably enough to run the shed for three parts of a day without any solar uh, input at all. So if you're doing it at night time, that's equivalent to three runs, I suppose. Um, and so, yeah, sorry, go on. Sorry, no, Maurice, no, I'm uh, not going to cut you off. You're going well. <laughs> so on top of that, um, if we do happen to have a period, we shear in January and we shear in March, so usually plenty of sunlight about, apart from perhaps first thing in the morning. Um, we have a generator that will cut in if the batteries get to a certain level. We've got to set at 20%, but you can drop them down to 10% without too much worry, I think, with the lithium batteries. And its sole purpose is just to charge the batteries up just so you've got a reserve there and um, keep everything ticking over. So as long as there's power in the batteries, uh, we can run all our inverters at full power at 15 kilovolts if we kill yeah, KVAs if we need, need to. And um, yeah, it all seems we keep up at shearing time. Like I said, most of the time it's just running on the panels without any dramas at all. So, and you've got four Evo machines and two two wool presses that both run on three phase. So, so. the two wool presses run on three phase, um, um, and the the wool uh, shearing plants they just go on single phase. I've got to get that right. So they're only only a, a, a small motor. They're only 400 watts when they when they're running. So they don't actually take up a lot of power. Mm. So you're, you've become a bit of a solar expert, Peter, <laughs> with all this. Now, come over to the, uh, if you can take us through the display. Jane's walking away because she's uh, not wanting to be on the yard. So we're standing now in front of the display, um, the control panel. Um, tell us about what's happening right now with the system. So basically, on the control panel, it, um, it gives you four areas of the, the shed. It'll give you what is coming off the solar panels uh, at any one particular time. Uh, another, another area of the panel shows you the usage in the shed uh, at that particular moment. Um, depending on what's going on, it just fluctuates up and down and shows you what's going on. Uh, another area of the display shows where the battery storage is and it just tells you what percentage the, uh, or what capacity the batteries are at uh, at that particular time. Um, and there's another spot uh, for the generator when it does actually kick in uh, and that'll show what uh, what power it's putting in to the batteries at that particular time as well. Um, so basically the whole system, it only does what, um, what it needs to do. So if it's only using 1,000 watts inside the shed and we're on a sunny day, obviously there's probably 12,000 watts available, but it only puts in 1,200 watts just to cover that 1,000 watts. So it's quite intelligent in its uh, processing, I suppose you'd say. Um, and yeah, as soon as you turn something or other on, a few seconds later it just adjusts the, the wattage that's coming in and um, keeps up with the supply. It's quite clever and it's quite easy to use. I can use it, anyone can use it, I've decided. So, um, yeah. What are, the, what are the things that you need to look out for? Um, do you check it like every day when you're <laughs> working or when every was, hour or how does it work? I, uh, when we first started, I must admit, uh, on a dark morning, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be uh, when I was starting with the presses, I'll be looking at it to see how we make sure we're not overloading the system because I knew how much uh, was available there. But once you've calmed down and uh, worked out that it is going to keep up with uh, all you need to be doing, 
you might check it at the end of the first run just to see where you're at and maybe at lunchtime, um, just for peace of mind really. We, we never had any issues, you know, never, even on the cloudy days when we were shearing, the batteries never got below, I don't think they ever got below 50%, so um, it was never an issue uh, when we were actually going. And you, I think you said that uh, <coughs> you don't like the battery to get below 40 and there's a, a, a diesel generator as a backup in case that yeah, so does need to go up. You can, you can run the batteries down to, I think it's 10%. Uh, we've got our setup. I thought, oh, well, it's probably getting a little bit late in the day. Uh, we might have it kicking in a bit earlier than that. So we've got ours starting at 20%. Um, and yeah, basically it just automatically starts up. I don't have to do anything. It's, it just reads off the panel there. And uh, if the battery gets to either 20% or the voltage gets below, I can't remember what the batteries actually run at. I think it's about 56 volts. If it drops down to 53 volts or something right like that, um, the generator will also kick in. So there's sort of a few fail safes there and we haven't had to use the generator as yet, but uh, it's, I suppose it's handy to, to be there if we did have a week of cloudy weather. Now, ideally, you'd be selling a lot of this excess energy back into the grid to help pay for it, uh, which is frustrating. But is that something that you might do in the future if the if the power lines ever go through here, or what's? Uh... Well, a bit most unlikely. We just uh, seem to be is what it is sort of thing. But um, the only thing you probably can do is try and utilise the power that's here. So whether whether you. Um, whether you ran your energisers or set up a pumping system that was, a, you'd make it electric, obviously, like an air well, perhaps, um, and use the, the power sitting here 24 seven. And um, yeah, like I said, I'm sort of happy to wear it because um, yeah, it was just, the other power is too cost prohibitive. So I'm just happy to have the power here. And once we've got it initially here, I mean, there is there will be ongoing costs. The, the batteries, they say, 15 years uh, in this sort of environment because <coughs> we're not dragging out of them all the time. So 15 years for those, I think it's about 15 or 20 for the inverters and the solar panels are 25 uh, they sort of warranted for. So there'll be costs when we get to that time and, and no doubt the things would have changed by then anyway and there'll be better and newer technology. But so the first, uh, at least certainly 15 years, I hope we're, we're cost free now that we've uh, had the initial uh, input and That'll be um, quite nice instead of having to keep paying those uh, yeah. running uh, power bills that we all get frustrated with. So. Exactly. Now, uh, everyone listening to this uh, will, be, will be impressed by what they hear, but it all comes down to cost. What would you like to say to growers who are, who are thinking along the same lines, and, but thinking, gee, how am I ever going to pay this off? What's it all cost? So, well, for me, like I said, I didn't have the power, power available. So the whole system that I've got sitting here, uh, it's around the $45,000 mark. Um, and to bring the power here, it was going to be in excess of 100000 so it was a pretty easy decision wow, for me right, in yeah. the end. Um, so <coughs> uh, it seems to be getting cheaper all the time. So I can envisage that in a few more years that it'll probably reduced or, uh, or you could have a bigger capacity um, for the same sort of money, I would have thought. But what I've got here seems to do what I need to do in a four-stand shed. And, yeah, it seems to work quite well. So, um, given they're local, we should give them a bit of a, a plug. Keppel Prince um, installed the power, uh, the, the whole <coughs> solar arrangement. Yeah. What would they like to deal with? Look, really good. Um, we had a few issues uh, in the first part. Uh, 
uh, with the inverters not quite being up to up to size. We got through the shearing, but it was just a little bit um, a little bit um, sailing close to the wind, I suppose. So. Yeah, they were really good to deal with. They swapped the machines back over at, um, you know, they just took them back and said, well, we'll just charge you, you know, for the, um, for the bigger units, which is quite good of them because they were used at that stage. And, um, yeah, very professional. The, the fellow that they had come out was um, uh, quite uh, knowledgeable on the, uh, on the solar side. And, yeah, we haven't had any issues uh, or any issues that we did have. We sort of sorted out as we went along. So can't uh, speak highly enough of them, actually. Fantastic. For your own house at home, do you have that on solar as well, or are you about to go on that way? No, look, we had uh, we had uh, solar panels put on our house through Keppel Prince as well, so that sort of uh, probably helped us to get them back again, I, I presume. So uh, I think we got them on 2012, so we've had them for, for seven years, um, and they've been working fine, and certainly uh, we've still got the mains as a backup, but they do, certainly in the summertime help uh, reduce the power bills and that's, I suppose uh, that sort of sort of got thinking well I seem to work all right there on a smaller scale it's only a, only a 5 kVA system but um, yeah so we had a little bit of a tail on the water before we went whole hog with a uh, totally off grid system but now that I've done it yeah I could say to anyone that was contemplating it it's quite quite doable so yeah um, you're a solar convert a I am indeed Morris, yeah. <laughs> well, this is uh, good well we all want to feel um, good about producing this great natural fibre and you, you're producing it sort of in a uh, <laughs> even more greener way for want of a better term. Now tell us a little about the shed as well because it's just in a, it's a, feels like a Rolls Royce setup. Um, the Prattley yards that are covered and then this uh, enormous uh, lovely big um, four stand raised board shed done through Thornton's I think you said? Thornton Engineering, uh, Andrew Thornton and um, 60 feet by 100 feet so that's 18 metres by 30 metres for the otherwise uh, metric converted um, and basically yeah, they're very good to deal with um, six weeks from the start of the project to the end of the project um, and I can't really fault the shed I've, I've mm. had two shearings in it thus far and I wouldn't change anything what are the few things that you collected from, I mean, well, I presume when you're building something from scratch, you go and look at other sheds and you collect ideas and you sort of bowerbird the, the ideal situation. What are the things that you're most proud of with this shed? Um, the one thing I did want, I needed a, the old shed was a smaller setup, obviously, and it was very hot in the, when we used to shear and still do shear uh, in January and March. Uh, so I wanted a cooler shed, so having the higher ceilings and we've got a couple of doors on the side which you can open up and uh, creates a breeze seem to be most uh, most times of the day uh, whatever's happening so that was quite good and they're south facing south and, south west, and west facing, facing. Yeah. big doors too right to the right to the top so yeah, yeah they're so one yeah, one seven meters one six meters so that when they opened up it's quite a big area that lets air throw flow through and i sort of uh, just uh, saw that in one of my neighbor's sheds and uh, the kitchen area, that was another thing that I had in a neighbour's uh, shed as well, or well, not quite a neighbour, but a friend uh, from over at Strathdowney, um, copied his design because I just thought it was, um, rather than having a walled-in eating area, it's just got a little low, metre-high sort of wall around and it sort of keeps you connected with the, the rest of the shed mm. and uh, it's not too claustrophobic, I suppose, and people don't mind sort of sitting in there. Yeah, good feng shui. <laughs> Indeed, that's quite right. So, um, and... Yeah, we didn't have a raised board with the other shed, so that was a 
that was a prerequisite sort of thing, plus your front field catching, just to make it a bit easier for the people penning up. And yeah. um, It's not quite a U-shape, but it's a... What, uh, it's only a couple of steps to the table, yeah, so it's... Um, yeah, basically, you have two tables there for the full shear, so it works quite well. You know, there's hardly never a time when the fleece is sitting on the board or otherwise, and, um, yeah, there's not much... Um, probably the class has got to do the most leg work, unfortunately, but um, for everyone else in there, it's quite uh, quite user-friendly, I reckon, and um, we found it, you know, everyone that's used has been quite quite happy with it, so... Um, good feedback yeah, really, from everyone? Yeah, really positive, um, so, which is quite good. After you spend a lot of money on a shed, uh, you try and, uh, try and get it right the first time, I suppose, because it's a bit hard to change after we've done it, but... Um, yeah, everyone that has been in here and used it have been really happy with it. So. What about Jane? Are you happy with it? Very happy. I'm very happy. And do you, um, you said you used to cook for shearers, but... Well, they've got their own kitchen now. Everything's yep. provided. They've just got to bring their own food. And do you spend a bit of time in here at shearing time? I What's do. It? Now that I'm not cooking, I do. Yeah, yeah, it's about pressing, yeah, getting sheep in, bit of everything. <laughs> Anything that needs to be done, I sort of handball to Jane if I'm yeah. a bit busy. So, um, uh, no. Good, good <coughs> team effort. It is a team uh, family right. farm and a good team effort, as you say. Well, thank you very much for having us today. Yeah, congratulations on a, an absolutely spectacular shed and a solar shed. It's a, um, could be the first and only in Australia, but whatever the case, it's just a, a really, um, really innovative um, setup. And thanks for letting us have a look at it today. You might be becoming a consultant for <laughs> solar sheds from now on, but uh, no, fantastic. Uh, if you are interested in and knowing Andrew anything Thornton, more, you do a wonderful job too. Andrew, big big plug for the Thorntons, yes. uh, Thornton Engineering. All right, thank you very much for having us today, and let's hope the rain keeps coming. That was Peter Waters, who, alongside wife Jane, built a 100% solar-powered wool shed. You can read more about this shed on page 52 of the June 2019 edition of Beyond the Bale. And if you don't have a copy, don't worry, you can find it at wool.com. Or give us a call at AWI and place yourself on the mailing list. It's free. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of The Yarn. Get in touch with us via email at theyarn@wool.com if you have feedback on this week's episode. We're on Twitter at Wool Innovation and Instagram at Beyond the Bale. From me, Ellie Bigwood, thank you for your company and I look forward to our next yarn.